Welcome back, friends. This is the Good Midlife Podcast. Jim is here. Richard is here. We are both here. I don't know why I referred myself in the third person, but, um, you know, let's go. Um, hope everybody's having a great holiday season, Christmas season, and uh, we're, we're ready to do a little pre-Christmas podcast before we take a break till the first of the year. Hey, everybody. Good, uh, good to be back in form and, uh, and excited to kick off the second uh, podcast. Yeah, here we go. Um, so let's just jump into it. You know, last time we kind of let off with sports stuff. So let's talk, talk about some other stuff today. Um, you know, it's Christmas party season, holiday season. Yes. Um, tell me what's going on in your life. How many parties have you gone to? What's your, what's your uh, max number of parties per week uh, this past uh, couple weeks? It, it hasn't been too bad. It's we had uh, we were supposed to have actually three this past weekend, um, and it ended up being two, which is probably a blessing in disguise. Um, since I work remote, we don't have the office Christmas parties, and with a wife who uh, is self-employed, we don't. I mean, we have our own little office party, I guess. But no, we've had uh, three or four. Uh, probably four or five Christmas parties now. So it, it's been good, including yours, yours, which was amazing as well. Yeah, thanks. Um, we've been on a Christmas party heater the last couple of weeks, um, average of four per week, depending on what's going on, like whether it's um, my wife's office party. She had an out-of-towner one night for her another um, office situation. I had a work one, um, old friend's. Uh, neighbors, those kinds of things. So it's all of that. And plus, you know, we have teenage kids who are out of school now. And so we just live in a circus. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's uh, people spending the night, um, eating all the food, um, coming in at all hours of the, the afternoon. It's um, it, it's it's a busy time, busy time. Yeah, it's the rat race of December for sure. Yeah, it's, it's it, it starts at uh, the week of Thanksgiving or maybe even a little bit before that. And it seems to I mean, it doesn't stop until uh, honestly, the I'd say not even New Year's Day because you got bowl games and everything. else. Yeah, the and week then, after New Year's. Yeah. Is the, and then the it kind of carries into January a little bit with Super Bowl parties and everything else. So, you know, I was just on the, on the subject of Christmas and, and all of the, the holiday season and, and how busy it is and all the things we do. I was watching one of my favorite Christmas movies this week and on a slow time with my daughter where we were watching the 1947 version of miracle on 34th street it has been a long 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 time since i've seen that well, well uh, that's one of my favorites but one of the things about it i really kind of felt old because i realized that like i was born in 72 so let's just say 1980 when i'm eight years old that my childhood of 1980 was closer and more like that childhood of 1947 <laughs> with uh landline phones and newspapers and mail letters and yep. people going shopping to see santa it yep. was much more similar to that than my childhood is to like the childhood of of our kids today so yeah that that's a, a little bit of a christmas sucker punch right there yeah well uh we never watched a lot of the old movies growing up. i mean i'm sure we did i just didn't pay attention to them but I finally watched a, It's a Wonderful Life all the way through Maisie. That's one of Maisie's favorite movies. Um, and it, it was, it's surprising it was better than I thought. I used to make fun of it a lot, uh, Clarence. and, and uh, <laughs> There's but, a lot to make fun of in that movie. It's fine. It was one of my yeah. dad's favorite. It's never been my favorite, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 good for what it's worth. In my opinion, the classic is a Christmas story because it mirrors 
very closely to my childhood. That father reminds me so much of my father growing up as a child. Um, it's it's just it it. it it just brings back a lot of memories of my childhood, even though it's based in like late forties, early fifties, I think. And, but it, it reminds me a lot yeah, of my father. But again, it's more similar to our childhood yeah. Than, yeah. than, you know, our childhood is to, um, kids who were 10 years old and 22. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's like speaking of Christmas parties and Christmas holiday season and stuff like that. We were actually talking about, um, uh, toy stores that we used to grow up, grow up with because that has even changed. But apparently at Macy's at Oxmoor, they have built a Toys R Us oh, cool. in the Macy's. Apparently they're working together. I heard Toys R Us was trying to make a comeback. There's rumors Amazon was going to buy them and a lot of stuff like that. But we talked about, ch- it's like, I mean, kids don't get the luxury today of really going to, uh, toy stores, like big toy stores, like big box stores, or I mean, the great experience is known as the service merchandise. Oh my god, service of, merchandise! I mean, as a child, that was when that thing came out. I mean, it was like you saw what you wanted to see on Christmas morning. I mean, it really was an amazing part of childhood growing up yeah and then you had the second tier catalogs the sears and the jc penny yeah. and all of that that was good yeah it, it it truly was and what was also interesting about like toy stores and stuff is they'd set up like the star wars action oh, figures yeah. in scenes from the movie or and you would see it and you would envision that in your head and it's like again that's what you would want your Christmas morning to look like and, or GI Joe or whatever it was, whatever it was a Barbie dream house, whatever. I mean, anything along those lines. And what was amazing about it is just how that it's how everything has changed. Like I have a niece and nephew that I try to buy Christmas gifts for. And it's, it's very different going on amazon.com to really appreciate what you're looking at. Yeah. The exponential pace of technology has been a big thing. So anyway, you know, anyway, watching that movie made me think about that, and, and really, it's kind of put that into perspective this Christmas. Um, any good Christmas cocktails? Any good Christmas um, food that you've eaten lately? Well, you, you, I, I had a very interesting uh, uh, Christmas cocktail at your house, actually, with uh, I think it was maple syrup and uh, makers. So, yeah, so it's the um, uh, maple walnut old fashioned, and it's basically just. Um, bourbon of your choice uh you do about two two ounces of that about a quarter ounce of maple syrup uh, about four dashes of uh walnut bitters stir it up and you've got a great holiday warm cocktail for a cold night and that uh, we I, I introduced that at the christmas party and i had to go buy walnut bitters this week because i was out i got drained on that yeah it um that that was definitely one of uh, a drink i had and um and then I actually, we had, at one of our Christmas parties, we actually did it at a restaurant. We did our white elephant and everything. Went to Grasse Grama for the first time. And I got to say, it's uh, all the hoopla. I was not very impressed with the, the restaurant overall. Um, but, what, but what about the fact that you walk in and it's like you're walking into Pirates of the Caribbean? It does. It, it did remind me of, it, it's... It's a Disney ride. It, it, it really is. <laughs> um, and it's like, macaroni grill meets epcot center uh meets a, a disney i mean it really does and it was 
I just, I mean, I just didn't get the hoopla. I wasn't very. What did you order? What'd you get? I, I got the uh, carbonara, which is like the double bacon or double prosciutto yeah. carbonara, and it was, I mean, it wasn't particularly good. And I, I had high hopes. Now I will say, I will give it another chance because any restaurant I usually review or look at or taste, and I the if it's a Bad past the first go round. I am willing to give it a second chance unless it's absolutely miserable, and it was not absolutely miserable. They did have good martinis, so I do like I like Rasa Grama. We've been there several times, and uh, it's close to our house, so we we sometimes will go up and sit at the bar and and split something and order a um a bottle of wine or glass of wine or something. But you know, there the the duck meatballs are really good, and the um. The house spicy sausage added onto anything yes, is really, I did really have that. delicious. That, That's that really, was really good. good. And I, I did have the polenta. And the polenta the was kind of, Yeah, it, it it almost had a lasagna feel because they yeah. had so much. And I am I love cheese, but it was like so much cheese on it that it almost tasted like a lasagna. So, but it was, what about you? Anything on your end? No, we haven't uh, gone out to eat really just us. We did my work dinner we went to the eagle which you know is reliably tasty fried chicken it is for uh, cincinnati uh or yankee uh fried chicken it's, i am it's surprisingly good it's really good their sides are really yep. good and it's um so we did that and, and i introduced all of my co-workers to that nobody had ever been there so that was a fun evening we did that and um otherwise we've got reservations at barn eight for christmas eve i've never been oh, out nice. there so that, that is good i will i will say um been to Barn 8 twice, and both times the meals have been um, very good, um, and I, I really liked it a lot. It, it I would recommend going back in the summertime, right? Because they have, it, I, I'm gonna butcher whatever it is. It's like basically a light show in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the woods behind the barn, and it's on, on a path, and it's it's surprisingly. Very nice. I, I think we unique. picked a really good time to go though, because it's going to be like twelve degrees on uh, Saturday. If you're lucky, that's the high. By the yeah. time we go, it'll <laughs> yeah. be four. I for the first time, and I probably since my childhood, I saw the weather. The low was supposed to be a negative one, and yeah. I have not seen in Louisville, Kentucky, a negative one in probably at least twenty years. I had a young coworker today who said that uh, she she is young, and said. It can get less than zero? I said, yes, it actually can get less than zero. <laughs> yeah, I remember a couple of childhood, like when I was in high school, we had a couple hard, hard winters, yeah, yeah. and it was miserable. And it, it was surprised to see negative one. It's um, being in the business that weather, uh, that with weather that affects everything. And it, it's it's been amazing seeing the weather report. And then in a week, it'll be uh, back up 60. to 60s. And so the pendulum swing. So, you know, two quick things. Number one, do you remember the first time Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl? It would have been like the January 1981. And yes. it was frigid cold that weekend. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I was they, at that game. Were, I was at the playoff game. The play, against where, uh, San Diego? When it was freezing. Really? Yeah. It, yes. My dad took, took, I think he just took me up, but I just, that was the cold. It might have been the later game, but I went to a Bengals game in the playoff and it was so cold. Mm-hmm. It, 
it was ridiculous. But yes, yeah, that I was a game where San Diego was probably the better team, but they had no chance. Yeah, coming coming yeah. Uh, into the frigid, frigid air. And then I want to go real bit quick back to Grasa Grama, just because I mentioned that we uh, live in a circus, and um, our my stepson, my wife's son, is uh, in in high school, and they had their formal dance a month ago or so or whatever, and they went to Grasa Grama for dinner before they went to the um, yeah the dance. And so, of course, everybody loved it. They had a great time. But he came home with um, uh, legs from two chairs, or two chair legs from Grasa Grama. And we're like, what in the, he- what's that? Oh, I just got him at Grasa Grama. Like, why? He's like, oh, they fell off a chair, and you reach under somebody's table to pick them up? Yeah, yeah. They said we could have them. Like, what are we going to do with that? Are you going to, like, make some music with it? Or are we going to start the fire? <laughs> anyway, we live in a it, well, it, Like you said, it, it, it is kind of like journeying into Epcot. So I, I, think I'll start a, I think I'll start a weekly uh, segment called We Live in a Circus where I tell a story about my house. Um, anyway, so that's food. That's Christmas. You, you got Christmas coming up, and then you're traveling. Yeah, um, off to Mexico for yeah, a week. So, so it's, awesome. Um, I, I I'm excited to get out of town, and uh, I'm excited. My family's coming into town for Christmas, and then it's very short lived. We only get to see really two days of them, but then we are off for uh, vacation. So I'm very excited about that's, that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my new job. I'm off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So that's that's yeah. a rarity for me. And uh, so Friday will be pretty chill. A couple of house projects, and then. Saturday, Christmas Eve, we'll go out to dinner. Sunday, we'll do family stuff. Monday, we'll do some family stuff with um, my daughter that's going to be in town. So, uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the holidays and hope everybody else has a lot of fun and family time at the holidays. Yeah, be safe, everybody. Now, speaking of a lot of fun, you mm. watched the World Cup final. I did. Yes, I did. Yep. We, we were dead wrong about Brazil. But and we, I was even de- more dead wrong about Argentina. Yeah, right, right, man. That was I, I've I've got a couple of friends who don't care much for soccer or don't know much about it or kind of scoff at it. But even they texted me and said, "Okay, that was pretty good." And yeah, it, it was a surprise because I mean, for the past couple World Cups, I meant the the nag was like Argentina didn't come to play for Messi basically was yeah. the biggest gripe. And they finally, I, I, lightning in a bottle, whatever it was, that first game they lost, I was like, well, same old Argentina. Here we go again. Here we go again. Argentina's not showing up. Messi's the best, one of, one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world. I saw a lot of arguments saying that, the, the the decision between Messi and Ronaldo of who the best was was settled in that World Cup. That's a little bit of a stretch, but it's in the moment, so I get it. But, I mean, they they just tur- – after that loss, they turned it on and didn't look back and just plowed through everybody. And, you know, they won most of the individual awards. Mbappe won the golden boot, but yeah. – um, you know, the uh, Enzo got the young player, their keeper won the keeper award, and of course, the golden ball went to Messi. So they really, throughout the rest of the tournament, you know, played brilliantly. And- yeah, in France, I mean, I, I was surprised. Like, I, I got an alert. I mean, when they were up 2 0, I was like, well, this is over because uh, soccer, it's so hard to come back from a 2 0 deficit. In, and and then next thing I know, it's like I get alert, two alerts within a minute mm-hmm. of France scoring two tie the tying goal, 
or two goals back to back. And I was like, well, this is, and then Messi goes down and scores another, another goal one. to go up three, two. And then France does it right back to him. And it, it's, and the, the PKs were, I mean, I don't, I don't know who's teaching PK shooting, but around the world cup, but the big players did not show up very well in the PKs. Well, some of them, Messi and Mbappe were fantastic. And, Yes. Messi w- was just a professional goal scorer, just the way he juked or just waited for Lloris to go and then just calmly yep. just hit a, a softy into the other side of the net. So anyway, it was really good. Do you do you prefer PKs or would you rather see him play golden goal? Uh, I, w- I had an interesting conversation about this at a Christmas party. It's I, d- I, d- I think when it's that game the final game no i do not think pk should decide the championship i think it should be the uh, the golden rule but um but i i think it's it, it i understand it because time limit i mean it, it's like but at the same time is like i i just think it's it's too crucial of a game it's it's like pks are it's like as a former soccer player and have shot pks it's it's the greatest excitement on earth, but it's also can be the biggest letdown when you whiff or you do something yeah. stupid. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like P- – I get it. I w- a golden goal would be fine by me. Yeah. I get the PKs. I get, you know, like if if you were sending Mbappe back to his club next week to play and he'd just gone 180 minutes, I mean, I'm not sure you want that, but um, – you know, you got to settle it at some point, I think. so. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of interesting. If you, if you looked at the clock of when the game ended, it was basically at 12.58 or around there. It's like, I think the game, it basically ended. Like, PKs were over at 12.55, five minutes before Fox took over yeah, NFL yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out pretty well for Fox. But it, I think the biggest but, thing But that's is, one of the great things about soccer. And I think if you're, if you're not a a huge soccer fan and you and one of the things that that people like about it i think is that it's a neat tidy two-hour game and if you go to overtime and do pks it's a neat tidy three-hour game yeah. you don't get into you know a four and a half hour baseball game or a, a longer you know a, a football game that's going four hours or whatever so I, I do really like that about soccer the the fact that you pretty much know your time situation yeah and and i can see it that way too it's 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 one of those interesting debates like it's as a probably as a player you you probably would like that golden goal um opportunity because you still want to play and you still want it because but at the same team at the same time is a lot of these players are going right back to their league play and if not all of them yeah and it's like and i'm sure the owners who are spending millions and millions of dollars on these legs would like them a little more fresh coming off. I mean, do they get a week off? Maybe. No, I well, mean, no. I mean, yeah. so if you played Sunday and you're in Premier League, you do get a week off because the following Monday, the 26th, the Boxing Day, yeah. everybody's playing. So yeah. you get, but you've got to travel home. And you've yeah. got, so it's a lot. It's an awful lot. Yeah. So. And, and, but that was, that World Cup with all the controversy and everything, that, that lived up, that final game, Actually, the the final eight games, or I mean, they were just great. Yeah, just, I mean, just fantastic. Morocco coming to the play, it's just like they surprised me. They got crushed by Croatia in the in their in their three four game, but it, it was they just it just was amazing to see 
Argentina pull it through, and then but also like the whole story behind everything. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it was in um, Qatar, but otherwise, it would have been uh, a fantastic, uh, m- perfect World Cup. Yeah. Um, all right, moving back across the pond to American football. Um, I know you and I have talked a lot lately about a couple of things going on with um, college football, with uh, where we are. So you want to go here with that? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think there's, there's a, and I thought about it with all this transfer portal and recruiting classes and everything along those lines. I, the, I think there is an interesting debate that. Does it really matter anymore about your standing as a recruiting class? Maybe, and I say that as with, or does can you make it up in the transfer portal now? And it's like, yeah, you get three stars who basically build the foundation, but at the same time is when... If you can go out into the transfer portal, which Kentucky just did and got a four-star quarterback and a four-star running back today, or three-star running back, I can't remember what Ray, what Allen or Ray Allen or uh, I, I, he's the running back out yeah, of Vanderbilt. Out of I don't Vanderbilt. know what his, his star rating is, but, but he was a thousand-yard rusher. Yeah, last so in I mean, the SEC. it's and it's like, does that matter? I mean, it's it. We lost a, one of our big, the biggest recruit in Stoops's history to the transfer portal. The kid didn't play. Yeah. And it's just like, and he probably will not play. If he goes inside the SEC, there's a good chance he will not play. If, if he goes to a Power 5 conference, there's a good chance he's not going to play next year right. either. So does that matter? I mean, it's just like, so does recruiting matter or to build the foundation or do you just pick and choose? I mean, out of the transfer portal, like Dion's doing right now. So I, I don't think we know for sure yet, but I think you can do it both ways. Um, I think you can definitely walk in and get better with the transfer portal really quickly. Uh, we saw that at USC this year. Um, Ole Miss had really good success in the portal and were good. Um, but, you know, the Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU even, I, they may have had a couple, but mostly those are schools that have, have some older kids on campus, haven't had their better players rated by the portal. Um, and, and Alabama is still the gold standard, so let's look at Alabama. And I think this is what's actually going to happen a lot more is they still are recruiting like crazy. They're still winning. Um, but I think you're going to see these elite schools have their rosters sort of diluted by the transfer portal. So you see Alabama come back to earth a little bit. Georgia hasn't really lost anybody, but that's coming. It's going to happen at Michigan. It's going to happen at Ohio State. So I do think like you may see the top tier pull back a little bit. Um, and then, you know, football's a, a weird thing from one year to the next. You know, as a Kentucky fan, we know this. But that team was two plays away from being nine and three this year. Yeah, and football's weird. Like you could have a team with the, basically the same roster, and one year they're plus twelve in the turnover differential, and the next year they're minus four, and you know it's a three game swing, and you can't coach that, and you can't do anything about that. Um, so I think there's some randomness to it too. But ultimately. I do think you can build with the portal. I think eventually we're going to see somebody, some coach, and it could be Dion, uh, it could be Lincoln Riley. Um, somebody's going to get a team 
of athletes that they bring in that they raid from other schools, and it may even be a coach that's not even anywhere they yet, but they're going to get into the into the playoff and play for a national championship. I think we'll see that. Well, I I in I asked that question, but it's like I also look at it from like you said. I think the the teams that are usually in the top ten of recruiting. Uh, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the USC's, the Notre Dame sometimes, uh, Ohio State's, and and it's they're going to get those players. I mean, because they're they're football founded schools. I think that makes a big difference. Because, but what they need to worry about is the cherry picking that could very easily happen after a year with those players. I mean, Alabama is like. Kentucky was up for a player out of Alabama who ended up going, I think he went to color. He might've been one of the Colorado people Mm -hmm. or he went somewhere. I, he went somewhere recently and it was a surprise, but it's, but the, they have so many players, good four and five star players from starters down to third string. It doesn't really matter to them. I mean, it's just that they can plug in and have attrition and lose those players. So. And most schools, I think if, if we look at this year particularly, like the schools that took somebody in the portal from another school, like USC lost two quarterbacks this year, right? Uh, Slovis went to uh, uh, Pitt and Jackson Dart went to South Carolina. Yep. And both of those guys were fine, but they weren't elite at those schools, and they were probably never going to be the guy at USC, yeah. right? So these elite schools, they're going to keep the most elite, but it's that second tier, yeah. right, that they're probably going to lose. Yeah, and, and that, that'll be an interesting development in that regard because I think it's – it and it, it – I, I guess there could be some parallels as it relates to the basketball side of things as well. But I think football is like, there's just so many players that it's, it's very different in that regard. It's just like, I think transfer portal can make a big difference in basketball. If they pick up some players like a key mm-hmm. guard right. or and something like that, that, that could revive a program a little bit. Could it's, be. And, but I think with football is it's just interesting how much it has changed with the transfer portal. I mean, the guy, the kid from Vanderbilt for that, he played at temple. He was at Vanderbilt for a year. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and he was at temple for two, I think. Well, it's total free agency now. And you're going to see that like Kentucky was at a spot where they really needed a running back. That's going to work out great. I think, but I think there's a lot of these under-the-radar positions like that are not your wide receiver, your quarterback, your running back. But like if you go out, like nobody's going to pay attention to um, a left tackle in the portal that's played for four years at a Mac school and then slides into a Power 5 and can start and play better than whoever they have there yeah. while they develop a player. You know, I think, you're gonna, I think that's one of those things that if you're savvy and you pay attention to it, you might see. But uh, – and, and I'm not that – I don't pay that close attention, yeah. but I think that's one of those things where, you know, smart coaches can find guys at important positions to allow players who are better to develop while you've got some, you know, super senior leadership there. Yeah. And I, and I think if you have a coach that has a good, I mean, a really good eye, I mean, it's just like in all indications is Kentucky's getting Cohen and Levis and Cohen connected in their first year. And that worked out really well. And it's just like, if you have a coach who has a good eye and it, 
can see a player who's in a transfer portal and and knows like I can do a lot with that player that that's going to change things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it'll be interesting with this NC State quarterback who I mean, he was hurt a lot. I hope he stays on his feet. I like Leary a lot, uh, except for his injuries. I'm you know, Kentucky is in on Graham Mertz, who I'm not crazy about. Uh, Sanders out of Oklahoma State's an interesting guy. Um, uh, Hudson Card out of Texas is interesting. The guy out of Boise, um, that, his name's Butch or something. I don't even remember. But lots of interesting dudes out there. Yeah, it, it's it, it'd be nice to pick up one more quarterback, and I'd like yeah. to see that happen because I mean we saw our backup after Levis went out during the season, and that was not impressive. And we'll probably see this kid again during the bowl game. Yeah, and that. Uh, it's just like I saw ESPN ranked or they had a poll on least viewable bowl game. And it it turns out it's the Music City Bowl. Well, so. the, the over-under in that's 31 and a half. And I mentioned that last week. It's come down a point. And I still would bet the under. And um, just staying with that a little bit, um, just because I like it. Um, giving out a couple of picks that I like. Uh, I like Missouri against Wake. It's a one-point spread. So basically – Money line or take Missouri, whatever looks better. I really, really liked Florida State against Oklahoma when it was seven and a half, but that steamed up to nine. But, you know, if that comes back down, I would jump on Florida State yeah. um, at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just a few picks for just for fun. So uh, what, what do you think the final game's going to be? Um, I, I think it's Michigan-Georgia. You do? I do. Yeah, I do. I think um, Michigan takes care of TCU. I think TCU is good. I don't think that they have um, been hit like they're going to get hit by Michigan. That the Michigan is so physical when they run the football. I think TCU hangs for a little while, but I'm not sure they stay with them. Yeah, that that the TCU game, the uh, Big Twelve championship game with K State, they they kind of got exposed a little bit. That it was when they got hit. I mean, they responded, and the game went into overtime, and that was a great game, but. It'll be interesting to see when they play big, burly, big 10 players. I think Michigan and, can impose their will on them. Yeah. I really, really do. I think TCU's good. They are deserving of being there. Um, a lot's been made of the fact that they beat a lot of teams with backup quarterbacks this year, but they won. They won, you know, they were undefeated in a Power Five conference uh, until the, the championship game. So they deserve to be there. But I like Michigan in that one. And um, I like Bama. Or, uh, Georgia. I like Georgia against Ohio State. I'm not sure I'd lay the points with Georgia, but I think, again, Michigan was able to really hit Ohio State hard, run the football on them. Georgia's offensive line is just as good as any in the country. They can run the ball. If it gets into a shootout, they don't care. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett's not my favorite quarterback, but yeah. he's good enough, and they've got enough guys that can catch the football. Um, I like them, like maybe in a in a four four point game, something like that. And so then we'll see, and we'll definitely be uh, recording again before the championship, so we can revisit that then. Yeah, I think I think it's I think Georgia is just watching how fast Georgia is. It, it, it's it kind of reminds me of the old Alabamas or the Alabamas from like two. Or th- four years ago i mean that not they're the best team in college football like we talked about that and people have talked about does ohio state have the most talent or it's georgia georgia's the best team like they should win it all will they i don't know but they should 
It, it, and I think I think the problem they run into a little bit is they there's a lot of lag between the SEC or the championship week and the bowl and and these important bowl games towards the end of the stretch. Sure, the the, sure. the playoffs. Now it'll be interesting. I mean, since I think we last talked, but you know they, what, Kirby had them ready last year. They looked great yeah, in the playoffs. Yes, they did. And it, it he is a disciple, a saving disciple, and that. That is one good thing that you nine times out of ten you get with a Saban. Disciple. If you give Saban a month to prepare, yeah, he's going to beat you, you generally. Yeah, yeah, and I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game. It's just like yeah, we'll 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 have to see how it turns out. But I think I, I agree with you. I think it's Georgia and Michigan in the finals, and and kind of go from there. But um, but switching gears maybe over to basketball. And uh, kind of, kind of, we we still have a basketball team. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's 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 pretty hard to watch. They're not playing well. Um, Kentucky basketball obviously is I, down in the dumps. Is probably the wrong way to look at it. They're fine. You know, they're fine. They they are just not beating quality teams. They're not beating the elite teams. And um, you know, even teams that are they should blow out. You know, are uh, it's closer than it ought to be. A ten point win against Yale for a team that's you know has a top five recruiting class. Like you just expect better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot has been made and there's a lot of people running against Cal. And I think it's, it's justified in a lot of way because how much he's getting paid. Um, last year, he blamed it on his coaching staff uh, a little bit and fired and let other people leave. So it's, it's, it's hard to listen to that rhetoric when the common denominator that has been going on for the past three or four years is Cal. Um, well, and we've talked about this, but just to kind of talk about it on the pod, I feel like really uh, his stubbornness with regards to the offensive system is a real problem. And the offense seems to be easier to defend because everybody knows it's going to be a weave at the top looking for a dribble drive situation. And, gonna take some clock off we're gonna gonna run the weave we might pound it to oscar we're gonna try to get a, an iso one-on-one dribble drive and yeah. it's it, it's it just seems to be a stale offense and i'm not a basketball scholar by any stretch so take that for what it is yeah it's um his he he said today it's just like i noticed on ksr today and uh he's like there was a tweak uh, in the past. I used to believe in the tweaks. He's talking about tweak uh, again. Yeah, he's and oh he's also God. talking about tweaks before the tournament, which is kind of and it's not even the new year. So he needs to throw in a twerk instead of a tweak. Yeah, That'd be better. Yeah, wait, it, that's patina. It, yeah, yeah. It's I don't. It, it's just it's it's hard to watch. It's frustrating because it's I mean with all that talent and all that. Some something, some element is missing from it. Now, I think a lot of people have caught up to us in that regard. I mean, it's just like, but it, it's just college basketball is insane right at the moment. I yeah. mean, it's like you got Gonzaga beating who'd they beat? Bama. Yeah, Bama. Bama, really then, good Bama. And then team. Bama, and then UConn beat Virginia, and then it's just. It's a mess, and it and it's. I think it's a parody. I, I think it's good. I think it's fun. I think we, you know, Houston's good, Virginia's good, um, Bama, Gonzaga, hey, and the Cards won two games. U of L, it's got two in a row. Yeah, uh, Kenny Payne era. It, it finally got the first win. So kudos to, to Kenny and the Cards. 
Um, but anyway, it'll be fun. We're getting ready to get into the tournament season. We got the UK UFL game coming up um, on New Year's Eve, same time as the bowl game. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Who, who I, do you like in that one? Uh, in, in the bowl game or the ba- no the, the basketball game? Uh, uh, well, biased, of course. It's just like I, I think Kentucky can UFLs. It's they're. They're good. I mean, they won two games, but it's they're still struggling. Yeah, Kentucky wins the game. It's in Rupp. Um, Cal's going to beat Kenny the first meeting. They Louisville doesn't have enough players to compete with the Kentucky, I don't think, at this point. So I think Kentucky wins that one. Uh, the bowl game, I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I, it really, there's going to be some probably special teams or defensive touchdown. And if you're asking me to pick a side based on that, I'm not picking Kentucky special teams this year. So it's probably Iowa. Well, and and something else we didn't talk about. It's just like we talked about what's going on with recruiting and, and transfer portals. And, and, and it's affecting the bowl game, too, because there's kids that are – I meant – well, Levis isn't playing. Uh, Chris Rodriguez isn't playing. But it's like I saw Iowa players are backing out of their bowl game. It's and it's understandable. I mean, it's like they're moving on to their career now, right? And but it also affects the quality of the game. Sure. And 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 looking at us from a college set, I'm kind of like you are. It's like last year. I would. It's like we played Iowa last year, right? And and we had to come back and beat them. This year, I will. It's like. We're, it, with our subs in, I have no idea who's going to win because I haven't seen any of the. It's like I've seen some of these players play, and then we lost a lot of players to the transfer portal, so I don't know who's playing. Yeah. So all I know but, is I I don't think there will be many points, and I do not think it will be one that you want to put in the uh, football scrapbook to go back and rewatch in a few years. Yeah, it it it'll be recorded on the DVR, and then probably when it's like I get back immediately deleted. deleted. So. Um, uh, Quickly shifting gear, another bowl game situation. Shout out to the Cards. They took care of uh, Cincinnati in the uh, Fenway Bowl. Yes, they did. It was um, it, it was another ugly football game. He very ugly, and uh, I, I think there was uh, there was a definitely. A, it's like U of L should be pretty happy. They, I mean, they beat them. I mean, it's just like your old. Did they coach- revive the keg of nails for that? They talked about it. I don't, I don't know, know if, if they, they did. did. They, or not. That was one of the best trophies. In yeah, football. and I I don't know if they did, but it, it's and hopefully they restart that rivalry. If they, it's like, but the problem is now schedules are getting a little wonky right, because yeah, of yeah. the conference alignment. But hopefully they re they. It's fun to watch those two teams play, especially now that Satterfield. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know if Brom is going to do that. No, so, I can't imagine. I mean, like no. again, it's it's just like. Once you've got all your conference games, you've got to schedule some uh, softies out of conference to to get to a bowl. So. Yeah, and, and that, especially if you're coming up, like if you're Oregon or Georgia or Texas or Ohio State, you can schedule a tough non-conference game. But yeah, you can't you can't do it if you're, you know, if if scheduling a tough non-conference game means you're six and six as opposed to seven and five or yeah. eight and four. So and yeah. and and with conference realignment, it's just like. That is just like the SEC announced that Texas and Oklahoma are trying to get in sooner. I saw UCLA and USC are now mm-hmm. trying to get into Big Ten sooner. So with conference realignment, it's just like, I mean, I've heard discussions. They're not even sure the Kentucky UofL rivalry can stand or like. If, we, if the SEC goes to nine games, I think it goes by the wayside, yeah, unfortunately. I, I mean, it, it's it's it stinks and it's not good, but. 
I mean, because you need those rivalries and ESPN is like that whole week. I mean, that week in, in Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving usually is rivalry week and, or that weekend, yeah, of, weekend of Thanksgiving right. is well, rivalry that's, week. That's so. what makes college football so much, so great. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, Kentucky and Louisville hate each other in football, Ohio state and Michigan hate each other. Like you live for it. It breaks your heart when you lose. You're ecstatic when you win. You know, at Bama, Auburn, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, all of those rivalries that are are make college football what it is. So, well, and I and I remember when it was like, and when Kentucky's schedule was Vanderbilt, yep, then Tennessee, Tennessee always, always, and that was the big rivalry. And Louisville was pushed to the beginning. It was Labor Day weekend. And when I was a kid, it, we were kids sometimes. Uh, I loved my favorite rivalry was Oklahoma Nebraska Thanksgiving yes. weekend. I was in front of the TV every time that was on. And then it, it was also interesting. It's just like it. It Texas A and M always played on either Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving night. Yeah, and I can't remember who. The, it's like it wasn't Texas. I don't think, but they always yep. played. Yep. And so it, it's been college football is interesting on a, a very. Uh, Sad note, and it's like just a real quick comment on Mike Leach. It's just like, what an entertaining guy. I mean, he really changed college football, especially two years at Kentucky. I mean, it's just we, like, I've when we were going through coaches change, Mike Leach was the guy I wanted because I love the air raid. I mean, it, it's fun, it's exciting, it mummies program i mean it's just a shout out to him it's just like he impacted my viewing in kentucky football we were really way. lucky to have him here for a couple of years yeah. and i think um you know by extension of watching him here we always follow those coaches that are that have moved on you know whether it's you know, like right now john summerall at troy just won a big yeah. bowl game and he's done a great job yeah. down there but mike leach was one of our guys and uh he went on and did great things. He was always fun to watch. Um, another disciple of that Hal Mummy air raid offense. And and Hal Mummy changed college football in ways that people don't appreciate enough. But Leach, to the same extent, his tree has, has branches that go all over football in the NFL and in college football. So great innovator, smart guy, well-read guy. Interesting crazy. guy, a little crazy, but not your typical meathead coach, yeah. which was why I think yeah. he was uh, really well loved. So. And and it, it was funny is like I saw on like an Instagram feeds they were talking about like honoring Leach and they talked about it when he was at Texas A and or Texas Tech. He basically pulled a kid out of the stands to become his kicker. Yeah, yeah. And the kid went on to be the starter kicker for his team for the rest of the season and didn't miss. So it, it's he just he made it fun that whole pirate thing and yep. then he got in a little trouble down at Texas Tech with I can't remember that guy's son's name he was an ESPN guy but that that kind of soured it for a little bit but he was just great and he will be missed and it, it's it's sad to see it's going to be weird not seeing him on a sideline yeah, anymore yeah yeah so but, so we're very lucky to have uh, gotten to watch him coach yeah so. and and he yeah. he just was exciting fun to watch so. All yeah. right. Well, we've gone a little longer than what we'd like to do, but that's we're having a good – we knew we had a lot we wanted to get to tonight. We know we're not going to record next week, most probably, um, since Richard will be south of the border um, guzzling tequila. Yes. And, um, you know – Or maybe just Coronas. Whatever. Whatever. And so, uh, you know, we – 
we really tonight's been fun. This has been yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's been a yeah, good, it's, good. There's a lot of step st- up. There's a lot of stuff to cover. I mean, it, it's. I mean, you could talk about the holiday parties and everything, but it's 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 a good time of the year to talk sports. I mean. It's weird having a World Cup in November or December, but right. yeah, it kind of made it a, a, even better. It, it was a good distraction from uh, early on college basketball. It was kind of awesome, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, so. so you know, well, we're into the we're getting to that time of year too. Great time for sports, but it's great time for movies. It's getting close to Oscar season. Lots of movies that we're going to have to get to in the next um, few weeks. Watch yeah. and talk about and kind of see what's out there. HBO but, Max has that the Banshee or oh, the, is that's on there now? It, it is, and it's like one of those that I, I'd like to watch. Yeah, me too. I, I liked In Bruges. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, that was a good one. And I think it's the it's same director was, and actor yeah, combination. And, that was a, it was a quirky, odd movie, but it, it looks good. And there's there's a couple thing other things coming out, and there's in next maybe next time we'll talk more TV shows and what we've watched and what yeah we haven't watched, yeah that so. sounds good. We've got some stuff that we could definitely jump into uh, immediately, but yeah, we'll, ta- and, we'll table that yeah for now. So we'll wrap it up here. Um, hope everybody has a great Christmas, Hanukkah. We're in day two of Hanukkah. If uh, you are of the Jewish faith. Um, and however you celebrate or whatever you do with your family or your friends, uh, your kids or your pets or whatever you do, we hope everybody has a good one, safe, uh, fun, hope Santa Claus, you know, comes on down your chimney and takes care of business. (laughs) Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays and, and have a safe and, uh, happy new year and, uh, and be sure to bundle up because the weather is getting really crazy. Getting, Getting cold. Um, the next three days and then we, then we go back into a warm spell. So everybody be safe. We look forward to talking to you in the new year and, and kind of tweaking this as we go. And and everybody have a good one. See you in 23. Yep.